so good. Really, one of the best things of, in our church is the ministry and relationships that happen in the context of our Resonate groups. And so our sign-up Sunday is in two weeks on Sunday, September 9th. On that Sunday, we've also got something exciting for you. We've got a massive final summer blowout party, and it's also going to be our Vision Sunday. So there's a lot of reasons to be with us on Sunday, September 9th, and find a group for you to fit in. As, as, as Brad said in that video right there, uh, God has wired you in such a way that a lot of what he wants to do in your life is found in the context of relationships. Much of the best growth that God will do in your life is in the context of relationships. Now we have here at Resonate what we call free market small groups. And here's what that means. It means that we encourage you not to just find some time in your schedule to do something brand new that you've never done before. Actually what we say is Take how you're already meeting people around areas of passion and interest and turn that into a small group. So we've got groups that meet around sports interest, Bible study, prayer, outreach, all kinds of different things. The ways that you're already congregating and add intentionality to that relationship so that you can begin to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So if you want to join a group, you'll be able to do that on September 9th. But for the next two Sundays, both today and next week, if you're interested in starting a group, you can attend our group leader training happening right after the service as well. And you really find your way to everything here at Resonate through our kids check-in. It's kind of like go to kids check-in and turn right. Go to kids check-in. So the same as next steps, you'll go to kids check-in, but you'll go downstairs where we've got some tables set up for you. Once again, we got lunch for you, childcare. If you're just interested in again, finding out how would I be able to lead a small group, it's actually easier than you might think. We'd like to get you trained up and ready to go and be a part of our small groups. I already know, we've already heard of 20 people who've registered their small groups for this fall. So we're excited, like we're gonna be slammed with all kinds of, you will not be able to show up to church without people inviting you to your group. I really hope that that's the case, that there's just people all around you that are like, you need to come to my group. And then you need to come to my group. You need to come to my group and, and then you just pick the person you like the best. And that'll be the way to go about it. Well, this is such a great Sunday. This is what, like there's Christmas, and there's Easter, or there's Easter and Christmas, depending on whether you like baby Jesus or resurrected Jesus. There's, you know, it's like one, two in the church calendar. Usually it's Easter first. Come on, we like, we're about the resurrection. Come on, somebody. So it's got Easter, and then you got Christmas. And somewhere in there, we got five for five Sunday. Now here's what five for five is. If you, if you weren't here last year, we did this last year on our first, uh, our first year. We have five of the leaders of our church speak on one Sunday in the summer, each for five minutes. So you're gonna hear from five leaders preaching for five minutes each. And I want, you, I want you to know that this is really reflective of the culture of Resonate Church. That God does not just work through a few leaders like myself and my wife and Pastor Troy. The culture of our church is we believe God uses everyone in this place to do His work. And today we get to reflectively show that by having five people that normally wouldn't preach uh, stand up here before you and preach this morning. Now they're going to need your help. Like they're going to need some help. So are, are you are you ready to help this morning? You're going to need a little bit of practice. That was okay. <laughs> but that was, you're going to need some help. So there's some classic things that you can do to kind of encourage them and call them on. You could say, you know, if, you're, if you've been around church for a while, you can go with the classic things like amen, hallelujah, right? Hallelujah is like, you know, celebrate God. If you're wondering, why, what does that even mean? It's like, let's celebrate God. But if you, if you need something that's a little bit more maybe in the current vernacular, you could go with, come on, come on. 
Let's try this out. On the count of three, I want to hear your best. Come on. One, two, three. Whoa. <laughs> that was pretty good. Let's try something else. I heard a preach it from the back. That was like, that's, that's, some, that's like some Southern Baptist stuff right there from the back. So let's try that again on three. Preach it on three. One, two, three. Oh, my. <laughs> There's one more I want to try. This is a Pastor Troy favorite right here. Troy likes to, if you ever listen to our podcast back on the internet, he's pretty loud from the front row. Troy likes to stretch a wow. Wow. <laughs> Y'all ready to stretch a wow on three? One, two, three. That's for you, buddy. (laughs) Well, with no further delay, let's get to our speakers this morning. I want to introduce them to you first of all. We've got Jamie Burt, Bailey Geddes, Brad Duff, Jamal Amaya, and Rebecca Turton. Would you welcome, please, Jamie Burt as she comes to bring the word. ago we booked our tickets from little old New Zealand we were watching a movie and by we I mean just Andrew it was probably like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars any ladies with me yeah yeah well my husband and I believed that there was going to be a move in our lives and who knew it was going to happen that night I found cheap tickets to Vancouver Um, I got a distracted yes from Andrew and here we are now We're here, we made it. And I say this so confidently, but I was freaking out, guys. But I know that in Psalms 139, it says this, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. You know, we did not know anyone coming here. And so we made the decision as soon as we arrived that we would join our group. We would become part of the dream team. And so let me just tell you, if you are in the same boat, if you are feeling lonely or if you're new, join in our group and become part of our dream team. Don't do life alone, guys. And for those of you who have met Andrew, you'll know that he is just a musical machine. Um, Brenda can, uh, you know, Brenda can back me up on this because she's been teaching him how to play the bass for three weeks and he's just picked it up super quickly, super quickly, like one of his best gifts, I tell you. But is anyone here like me where the only instrument you get given is a triangle? Like you're just so musically challenged that sometimes you just want to yell at God and be like, why would you give it to just one person? Like, come on, I want some too. And, you know, I get annoyed and disappointed so easily. I get jealous of what others have and I don't have. And in that moment, I knew I should be celebrating with Andrew um, and celebrating his new accomplishment. But I just honestly did not want to. Like, just honest, guys. And more than I'd ever heard in the past, God was saying to me, and he was reminding me, do not doubt what you have because I entrusted it to you and only you. You know, this morning, you might be thinking to yourself, you know, I'm good at fill in the black. For me, it's I'm good with kids, but how does that measure up? 
Now, I want to tell you, God has been telling me what's in your hand may look small, but with God, come on, with God, the one who can turn sticks into snakes, the one who can feed thousands with just a loaf and a fish, with God, what's in your hand may look small, but with God, he can make a difference. You know, you are part of something bigger. You are part of a body, and without you, we can't function. And there is a story found in Matthew 25 where a master calls his three servants and entrusts onto them his wealth. All three but one go to work, and when the master returns, so for the first one, the first one he gives five bags of gold, the second one two bags, and then the last one one bag of gold. And when the master returns, he is pleased with the two that invested well and doubled, saying to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. You know, when we found our home in Resonate Church, we had people such as Pastor Shane, Rachel, and Jane believe in us and the work that God was doing through Andrew and I. And to me, I saw something small in my hand, and God was like, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't small. And he used people like these guys to be like, there is something else. There is gold in you, Jamie. And... You know, I want to tell you that there is something more in your hands than you see. You will be useful much more than you can imagine. And just because you have a past that doesn't seem good enough, you have a future because our God is enough. You know, I love the words that I use here. You have been faithful over little. You know, in the Passion Translation, it says, because you were faithful to manage. You know, I don't think God ever gives us more than we can handle, but I do believe that Um, But I stand here today as evidence that what he does give us, he wants us to be faithful with. He wants us to be investing in it constantly until we reach the ceiling of what he has entrusted to us so that we can then double that investment. Church, I hope you hear me this morning when I say we need to raise our ceiling. We need to go higher than we've ever been. There is more for you and I. And when we surround ourselves with people and place ourselves in groups where people are calling out the golden, you're the thing you see most. church. How are we doing this morning? Yeah. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Bailey and I have the amazing privilege of leading the guest experience team here at Resonate. And I am so honored this morning that I get to share a little bit about my recent story with you. Here we go. A year ago, I went through a breakup that I will admit I did not see coming. And while I had to go through the things you'd expect, heartbreak, loss, I unfortunately had all these added feelings of worthlessness and anxiety. These were feelings I thought I'd put aside and I hadn't felt in years. Unfortunately, these really creep back in. But most of all, I felt a lot of shame due to the fact that I wasn't dealing with this situation all too well. Things became really hard that some days I didn't want to get up and face the world. My anxiety and shame had overtaken me so much 
that I thought about walking away from this church, a church that is my home and a church where I'm connected to people that I love. But I thought it'd be easier to go somewhere else, somewhere where no one knows me, someone somewhere where no one knows my pain and no one knows my hurt. Essentially, I wanted to put on a brave face and pretend that everything was okay. I wanted to start over. Maybe you're sitting here today with this same tension. Are you sitting here today asking yourself, can I be here if I'm not okay? I slowly began to realize, however, that it's okay to not be okay. But there are two main paths that I could go down. I could walk away from everything I loved and flee from my hurt and my pain. Or I could stay right where I am, I could stay standing, and I could fight against it. I'm so glad that I'm part of a community that didn't let me walk away. I love that this church is a place where I'm loved, but I'm challenged. Most of all, no matter what storm that I'm currently walking through, I am welcome here. I'm part of a church that celebrates my joys with me, but also stands beside me on the days I can't hold back my tears. I truly believe that God puts us on display in our time of pain because he's going to do something amazing through us during these times. But how we stay standing while we're going through this is what really matters most. Through all this, God put Ephesians 6 on my heart. In these, version, in these, versions, in these verses, Paul tells us about the armor that God has given to protect us. This is not a foreign passage to me and maybe not to you. I've read it a lot of times and I've heard it lots. But it wasn't until my biggest storm hit me last year that I really understand what I needed. Verse 17 says, Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Helmets are a form of security. I'm sure you've all owned a bike helmet, a skateboard helmet at some point in your life. The most critical helmet, however, is one designed for the battle that we are currently facing. A helmet that's designed by God. It is so important that when we're not okay that we protect our thoughts. I don't know about you, but the first thing to go on my down days is my thoughts. Thoughts of worthlessness, thoughts you're not enough. Without it, we're vulnerable. But if we put on our helmet, we can protect our thoughts by reminding ourselves who we are in Christ and that wherever we go, he goes with us. Verse 14 reads, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Well, we can put on different pieces of armor that God has given us. I think the most important is the belt of truth. We have to remember the truth of who God says we are. This is ultimately how we're going to combat the fears and the lies that come into our lives. If we can continually ask ourselves who or what has the final say in my life, this is what brings us back to truth. Is it my feelings? No. Is it the person sitting beside me? No. Is it being comfortable? No. Putting on the belt of truth is giving Christ the final say in our lives. We need to remember, it's okay to not be okay, but where are our hearts turning during this time? We can't be too proud that we can't turn to Jesus and ask for help. If God wanted it to be easier for you, he wouldn't have given you this armor for your storms. He doesn't want you to leave and run from the fight, but wants you to stay and stand and fight your battle. We can't be surprised when the storms come into our lives, because as I've learned, it's not if they come, but when they come. 
But we can stand firm and have faith because we know God is a good and faithful God and he will use our storms to grow us. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brad Doff, and uh, it is so good to be here with you this morning. My amazing wife and, um, and myself, my two girls, we packed up about a year and a half ago from Ontario, made the big move to Coquitlam, man, and we have settled in. We just love this community, this, this um, Resonate community, the leadership here, and now we've been serving uh, on, the, on the planning team that oversees the groups heading into the fall. So it was about 10 months ago, um, I was sitting at a coffee shop, and I had this spark go off um, that began for me a fascinating journey into this realm of prayer and the practice of prayer, so much that I think it's led me on a new trajectory in life. What comes to mind when I say the word prayer? Maybe it's guilt, maybe it's joy, maybe it's um, anxiety, or maybe it's just disappointment and just not connecting. Maybe it's just this big black box that you have a hard time wrapping your head around. For me, growing up as a Christian, I would, um, unfortunately, my mind would go to things like obligation and just boredom and motivated by guilt and feeling terribly ineffective in my prayers. But, coming, but what I'm coming to realize is that this isn't the journey that God has for us in prayer. God has given us a powerful tool filled with opportunity and potential. He's designed us at our core to be in connection with him through prayer. And if we just pick up this tool that so often we just walk over, if we pick it up and we put it to use, it can change our life. Let's look at Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, which, which guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So can I just ask, are we an anxious society today? I mean, there's a number of recent studies that just demonstrate that we are now the most anxious generations in history. Um, Paul, writing to this letter in Philippians, you know, he's saying the same thing. This is a humankind issue. The culture of that day was predominantly pagan, which meant God and goddesses were out just to smite you. Every day they're looking for a place to punish you um, and to make your life hard. Talk about anxiety, right? Um, now let's switch gears here for a second. Did you know that there's a section of your brain um, just above your ear that neuroscientists are determining is relatively inactive until you start praying. It's called your anterior cingulate cortex. And when you, when you start to pray, it starts lighting up like fireworks. And what's so cool about this is, um, as you're doing that at a high level, there's the limbic system, the primitive section of your brain that's responsible for things like anger and fear, and you guessed it, anxiety and stress. That actually deregulates or, de- or de- de-escalates. And so what's really neat is that only one of these two systems can fire at a high level at once. And so if we are exercising our prayer muscle, um, we're finding that we cannot be hijacked with anxiety and stress in our lives. But what's, better than this, what's even better than this is that brain scans are showing us that this part of the brain is responsible for your anterior cingulate for things like empathy and gratitude and sensing how others feel. And so when activated through prayer... It's actually bringing us together. It's strengthening your social awareness and allowing us to bond closer in community. So no wonder Jesus said, love your enemies. And Paul's saying, 
you know, never stop or, or um, pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. So when we're actually activating um, our prayer muscle, we are filled with love and gratitude and patience. So right now, let's just, let's just take hold of this fact that God has designed us at our core to be in our groove and at our healthiest when we're connected with him in prayer. And that this is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to raise the, or, or just lift off that burden, that stress that's on your life, so he can elevate the call that he has on your life and your influence that you have and love for other people. So as we close out, um, may you be practical, or maybe, maybe you're practical like me in the sense, just give me a nugget here from, from what we're talking about. Let's bring it back. Um, let's just adopt Paul's advice at the end of this section in Philippians. He says in 4.8, you'll do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things true and noble. So if this week we just pick one simple thing, um, maybe, you know, let, let's take this ancient and powerful practice that uses scripture to pray. If you have a hard time with silence or concentrating, this is a great way to do it. Um, just take a few minutes a day and pick a short paragraph in the New Testament. Read it a couple times. Let it speak to you. Let those words come up and meditate on those. Um, don't worry about context. And let those thoughts and those words fill your idle times throughout the day and make it your prayer throughout the day. Take note of how it changes you and how it changes your outlook. So today, be inspired that you are designed at your core to be in connection with God. May you take one more step in this world filled with anxiety and making prayer a central theme of your life. And may it set you on a course of deep peace and joy as we get closer to Jesus. Amen. church. If I don't know you yet, my name is Jamala and I have the incredible privilege of leading as kids director here. I'm so happy to be here with all of you because I love doing stuff I know I couldn't do if it weren't for God. I've been on a journey lately where God has been teaching me what it means to have a mature heart. Most of my life I've found my worth in other people. Recently I had a phone conversation with my dad that pushed me to think about the state of my heart. Five months ago I get my weekly phone call from my dad. We chat about his garden, how the weather is, if I'm still alive, but most importantly, we talk about my future. Now, I know my dad, he's a Middle Eastern dad, which sometimes means that he loves me with a lecture. <laughs> I know he wants what's best for me, but I also know that sometimes when I hear it, I have a tendency to get hurt and put my guard up. Now, as I took it to the Lord and reflected on it, I realized the issue was not my dad lecturing me. The issue was my heart. While the questions my dad asked were my dad just wanting what's best for me, the voice my heart heard was that I was not enough. Have you ever been there? In 1 Samuel 16:7, states something so clearly, and that gives me such peace about my situation. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord is speaking to Samuel over who will be the next king of Israel. Samuel sees Eliab and thinks, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But God sees differently than we do. We are necessarily limited by who we are, but God sees everything. He sees the inner motivations and intentions of our heart. So when God chooses David to be king, 
the choice is not so much about how God is on David's heart. It's how David is the one on God's heart. David is chosen not because he's perfect or he knows God's plans, but because it was God's will that he chose him. Um, the particular fact that God chooses according to his heart and not according to ours is awesome because often our hearts are not like God's. It's easy for us to let the hurt inflicted by others be bigger than what God has done for us. When we compare ourselves to someone with worldly accomplishments, we are valuing what God doesn't call valuable. Instead of anchoring our identities on him, the God of the universe, we are seeking to justify ourselves before men. In the end, our time, money, accomplishments, they're temporary. Because we know Jesus, we should want to seek and savor him. I want us to abandon the need to rank highly among people. We don't need to fight to be heard, strive to be noticed, or work for position. When someone is interested or disinterested in us because of what the world esteems, we remember that Jesus doesn't look at us or value us that way. The rankings of this world no longer matter. What, after all, are human beings compared to the one who made all things? Knowing the sovereign God means knowing what it means to be unimpressed by what society says is worth pursuing. We don't want to be ruled by materialism, our circumstances, our need for control, or our insecurities. Our purpose is to glorify our God. It's so easy for us to go back to where we used to be. We don't want to sink back into the familiarity of negativity towards our lives, but we are joyful because God has made us new. We remember we are not who we used to be, so we don't go there anymore because we are changed and transformed by God. So church, let me ask you, what kind of people do you have telling you where you ought to go? We need friendships that are deep, not just fun. I'm thankful for our R groups because there's people that keep me accountable to that day-to-day, and for church leaders like Pastor Shane and Rachel who, and Troy who champion me and challenge me to my best. It's not enough for us to just know our Father, but we need to explore how much he loves us. Knowing the basis for our dignity and worth helps us believe that we have gifts and talents to employ. I know many people who don't believe that they have their calling because they don't believe they have anything to offer. Our worth is literally connected to our creator. If God is of great and immeasurable worth, then our human beings made in his image must be the same too. So church, I want to ask you one question as we finish off. Whose voice is the loudest in your life? Well, good morning, church. My name is Rebecca, and my family and I have had the absolute pleasure of attending Resonate now for over a year. We came launch day and absolutely fell in love with Pastor Shane and Rachel and their heart and in their vision for this church and everything that the Lord's doing, and he's doing something amazing. Am I right? Amen. The best is yet to come. I truly believe it, and it's just thanks to you, Pastor Shane and Rachel. We love you. You're amazing. Well, today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about worship, but before I do, I'm going to give you my super brief church background. I grew up in reserved and mild-mannered churches. Church looked and sounded slightly different to resonate this morning, Um, but my journey to finding what worship really meant to me 
began when the Lord pulled my husband and I away as a newly married couple to Cairns, Australia, where we had to find a new life of our own, Aussies, a new life of our own, new friends. We had to find a new church. But above all, we needed to find a faith of our own, one that was rooted in our own God experience. The church we wound up in was exactly what we needed. We just didn't know we needed it at the time. How good is God? The worship in particular at this church was much different than what I was used to. It was impactful, loud, all hands in the air, jumping, dancing, mosh-pitting kind of worship. They were rowdy, a rowdy bunch, and it was everybody leaning in, everyone pursuing worship, pursuing the Lord as a body of Christ. In 2 Samuel 6.14, it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Their worship was like how I read so many times about the ultimate worshiper in the Bible, David, dancing before the Lord. I wanted David's freedom, maybe not the priestly garment part, but I wanted to worship with abandon and not care, but my own insecurities and being stuck in my ways led me to be selfish when it came to the Lord. Let me ask you, have you ever cared too much about what people think about you? (laughs) We all have. It's a rhetorical question because we probably still do right now. But have you ever cared too much about what people think about you when it comes to your worship? What comes first for you? Well, I was finally allowed on stage with the rest of the worship team. And there I was standing stiff as a board, knees trembling away as people jumped and danced all around me on stage. I was totally out of my element. Um, I always had the mentality that worship was not a show that you don't need to make it about yourself, just be humble and modest, and nobody needs to see how hard you worship. But the more my faith grew, so did my understanding that these people weren't showing off like I once thought. They just knew what they were put on this earth to do. And in their dancing, in their celebration, in their boldness, they were doing exactly what the Bible says is normal worship. They were bringing their best offering to God. I love that the Lord even shows us how to worship. In Zephaniah, it says, He will exalt over you with loud singing. Not just any singing, but loud singing. The Bible talks a lot about the raising of hands and dancing within worship. And it specifically talks over 102 times about praising with a shout, which reminds me of the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho that are impenetrable. God sends his army Um, Joshua and his army into uh, Jericho to defeat Jericho, but only in an order fitting to God's glory. If it were up to me, I would have sent my biggest, strongest fighting men in first, like my husband right there. (laughs) My hero. But he doesn't. He sends the priests with the instruments and the trumpets, essentially the musicians in, along with the Ark of the Covenant, which signified God's presence. Um, well, seven days after marching around the walls and blowing trumpets, the walls come a tumbling down. And the take-home message here is that Joshua knew that there was no way he could defeat Jericho without the presence of God. He knew that the presence was the key to breakthrough. When we praise, God's presence comes through that praise, and our praise is the key to breakthrough. This isn't just applicable in our Old Testament mighty battles that we're reading in the Bible, but what are the battles that we're facing today? Knowing that praise is the key to breakthrough, how different would our worship look in the midst of our circumstance? So knowing what God intends 
for our worship. Would you, like me, at the beginning of my journey, allow insecurity to hold you back from the breakthrough that God has in your life? And that breakthrough begins with abandonment of yourself in wholehearted praise and worship to the only one worthy, Jesus. Come on, let's keep it going for these guys. Thank you guys so much. You guys, can, you guys can grab a seat. Thank you guys so much. Oh, my goodness. I love it when church gets rowdy. <laughs> We're not done. In fact, I think it would be so appropriate after Beck's word on worship to move back into a time of worship. And so I'm going to invite you all over the room to just stand with me right where you are. We're going to again turn this place into a place of worship, into a place of prayer. And so God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken to us in this place. I thank you for Jamie's word. There's more in your hand than you currently believe is there. God, I pray that that would speak to someone today and catch their heart, God, to believe there's more in their hand than they even can see. I thank you, God, for Bailey's word today. That you wouldn't have given us armor if you wanted this to be easy. I thank you for Brad's word that went way over my head but was so good about my brain and what happens when I pray. God, we know so many times as Christians, God, it's been hard to press into that place, but may we see that you have wired us to find rest in your presence. God, thank you for Jamala's word, God, that you look on the heart. You don't look at the things that man sees, but God, when you look at us, you don't see what we see, Lord, you see differently. I thank you for that, God, and I thank you for Beck's word this morning, God. And I want to invite you, church, to maybe take where you were in worship a few minutes ago and just take one more step. Just take one more step. Whether it's raised hands, whether it's lifting your voice, whether it's the posture of your heart, whether it's just to have a deeper lean in, but in these next few moments that you would actually begin to see heaven open over this place and see a God who loves you and invites you into a place of intimacy. Come on, church, let's worship together.
one in our lives. I'm going to invite you just to stay in this atmosphere of worship for a moment. Because maybe you're here this morning and you came into this place and you know that your heart is far from God. Before we leave this place today, you want to make a faith decision to either surrender your life to, to, to God through faith in Jesus for the very first time. Or perhaps coming back to God. I want you to know the style of our church is not to have you stand up or come to the front, but actually just right where you are to pray a prayer of believing faith, because this is a moment between you and God. You're not joining a church, you're joining God. You're, you're putting Jesus as the number one place in your life. You say, what is salvation? Salvation is giving God the complete control of your life and surrendering control of your life through faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today, God's just been working on your heart from start to finish he's been drawing you in fact even before you got here today you felt like God was drawing you and now in this moment you know that God's pulling on your heart today to say that you need to take a step towards God God's already made a step towards you in the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection declaring that God has victory over your sin and over our death and to bring us new life and eternal life and so that's where you're at today in a place of needing to put your faith in Jesus. You know it. And in the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to just do something a little bit brave. It's still just between you and God, but I think there's something to just having that sign or that show to say, yes, God, I'm going to take that step. I'm stepping towards you today. So on the count of three, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. On, uh, uh, and don't miss me in that prayer at the end of the service today. Don't. I don't want to miss my moment. I don't want to miss my opportunity. And so if that's you in the place this morning, you're saying, I'm either making a first-time decision to surrender my life to Jesus, or today I'm coming back to God. Would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Right now, just raise your hand up. It's between you and God. You're saying, God, I give you my life today. I choose to follow you. Yeah, yeah. Hands all over the room this morning. <laughs> hands up this morning. This is the best part of our service. Come on, right there, church. Now, we're going to pray together, all of us in the room together, those of you that raise your hands and resonate church family. We're going to pray this together. But if you, if you raise your hand, this is your moment. This is your uh, prayer of believing faith. The Bible says that, that, uh, that uh, <laughs> if anyone is in Jesus, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things. Come on, somebody say all things. Let's pray this together. You say this with me, dear Jesus. I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I turn from my way, choose to go your way. I surrender my whole life to you. Help me to follow you. I receive your Holy Spirit. church. Can we celebrate?